0: Hello, everybody. Hey, this is John Fenn, Church Without Walls International, C-W-O-W-I dot O-R-G. Here again this Wednesday morning talking about the discipleship process. That is the the lifelong process of implementing the teachings of Jesus and and what we learn in our walk with the Father and walk with the Lord into our lives. That's discipleship. And uh, so today talking about the cripple, the covenant, and the king. What am I talking about? Well, you know what? It's, it's so good today to, to, to zero in on what the core issues are, to zero in on our peace. You know, there are so many voices out there saying so many things all over the world. There's turmoil and there's everything from restrictions to news items. It seems like the voices out there have gotten louder and louder and are saying more and more things. So There's such fear and such confuse, confusion. But to those of us who are walking with the Lord, that doesn't have to be that way. And so today, sharing with you how to find peace again, how to to rest in the covenant that we have with the Lord. You know, a covenant is something where you come into agreement with one another, you can count on the other one, uh, and and there's a rest in there. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 4, In verse 10, it says he that has entered into the rest of God has ceased from his own works. There's a rest in the covenant of God. There's a peace that we can find there through ceasing from our own works of just stopping the striving, the the taking in things out of our, in our ears and our eyes and, and just, just being at peace with where we are in the Lord. So what am I talking about? The cripple, the covenant, and the king? Well, a perfect example, a type and a picture of the Lord and us and, and, uh, And Abraham and our faith is found in the story of King David, uh, Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, and uh, what happened in that case. Now, in 2 Samuel chapter 4, the situation is this. King Saul, the first king of Israel, is in battle, as well as his son, Jonathan, who's fighting alongside him. Now, Jonathan is best friends with David. They're in covenant with one another. Uh, and and Jonathan helped David out considerably when Saul was was running around the the countryside trying to kill David, and so David uh, or excuse me, Saul and and Jonathan are fighting in battle, and they end up getting killed. Now the family of Jonathan, the family of Saul. Assumes that David is now going to to pour out his vengeance and his anger on all the family of Saul, which was commonly seen, sadly, even to this day, in more tribal and more ethnic and and other cultures, is where the vengeance of the previous ruling family is, uh, or the, the the vengeance is taken out on the previous ruling family. And so, Second Samuel chapter four and verse four tells us that Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth. Now, Mephibosheth, the name means to dispel shame, to do away with shame or to cut shame. Mephibo, that, that part of it actually means to cut away or to cleave, to cut into, to cut away shame from one's life. But young Mephibosheth, we are told in 2 Samuel 4 and verse 4, was four years old when his, his nurse, his nanny, picked him up when they heard that his dad, Jonathan, had been killed in battle and that his grandfather, Saul, had been killed in battle. And, they, and she picks up five-year-old Mephibosheth and she runs with him and she trips and she falls and the resulting fall crippled Mephibosheth in his legs and his feet. And so uh and so Mephibosheth grows up. Think about this fear as a five-year-old. Oh no, your your dad's been killed in battle. We have to run before David finds us, and David kills us. And they're running and, and in such fear that David is gonna come in at any moment, and his men are gonna kill everybody, men, women, and children, uh, to, to rid the land of the of the family of Saul. And so and so, as we find out in 2nd Samuel chapter 9, Mephibosheth, some ten years later, now a teenager. Is, in, is hiding in the house of Machir, M-A-C-H-I-R, in the land of Lodabar, in the area of Lodabar. Now, the word Lodabar means no pasture. And so there's nothing there for the livestock. You know, they've got some farming going on, but there's nothing there. And Mephibosheth is a picture of you and I. Uh, you know, we are crippled, so to speak, by our sin, by the baggage from the world. We are, we are crippled in life. Also, emotionally, that Mephibosheth grew up with the idea that David was trying to kill him, that they were hiding out, that he had to hide out in Machir's home in Lodabar, where there is no pasture. I mean, it was a miserable existence. There, there was no, no, no pasture there. Uh, you know, life was tough. He's growing up hiding as a teenager from from David, lest David find him and possibly kill him. So he's living in the fear of his life every moment of every day. What a way for a teenager to grow up. It's horrible. All And he realizes, you know, he can't walk. He's crippled. His What we would say today, you know, some orthopedic surgeon could probably correct his his feet and the breaks in his legs and everything. But back then they didn't have that. So he grows up with this idea of, from age five all the way on. He knows how he became crippled, the fear of his life, the fear of what David may do to him. But Second Samuel chapter nine opens up, and then isn't Mephibosheth like us? We have misconceptions about the Lord. We think, you know, how could I, how could I believe in God? Look at all the injustices of the world. We have all these questions, all these misconceptions. We think, you know, God is like the God of the Old Testament. He's got to try to kill me and and things like that. We're just like Mephibosheth. But it means to cleave or to dispel shame, and this is why. Because David in Second Samuel chapter nine and verse one opens up and he says, "Is there anyone of the house of Saul, and particularly the house of Jonathan, my friend, is there anyone left that I can show kindness to, because of my friendship with Jonathan?" And uh, the servant Ziba speaks up and he says, "Well, he said, in fact, your your highness, I do know of one one young man named Mephibosheth who lives in the house of uh, Machir in the land of Lodabar." And he's the only one left that I know about. And so David sends for him. So you can imagine Mephibosheth's frame of mind. It's like here he, he hears the horses and he hears the, the emissaries from the king. And the king says, I want you brought to my, to my palace. And so Mephibosheth is afraid. He has no idea that the, 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 servants of, of David don't have any idea what's going on. And he comes before David and he, he falls down and he said, I'm Mephibosheth. I am your servant. And, and, and David says this, don't be afraid. The first thing out of David's life mouth is, "Don't be afraid." And 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 Mephibosheth, I, I, I'm a dead dog. Why are you doing this? I, you know, I, I I'm just a dog to you. I you kick me, kill me, whatever. That why are you doing this? And David says, "Don't be afraid." He said, "I want to show you kindness because of the covenant I had with your friend, with your father Jonathan. I want you to eat at my table the rest of your life." And that's an amazing thing. In fact, David told Ziba, he says, you and your family and your servants are going to take over anything that Saul has, anything that Jonathan had, any farming, any shepherding, anything going on, all the lands and all the property are given back to Mephibosheth that used to belong to King Saul and used to belong to Jonathan. However, you're going to work for him, but he himself is going to stay here in my palace and he's going to eat my food as one of my own children that's the power of covenant. That's what Mephibosheth had happened to him in that, that he came before the king thinking he had fear, realizing how he became crippled and, and finding out his, his whole idea of the king was misconceived, was error, was wrong because David only sought goodness for him. And that is so much like us today where we, we take, um, uh, we have our misconceptions. We have our baggage from the world. We, we think all these things of God. And yet here we are at the king's table. And this is where you find your rest. You find out that, that Jonathan was, was in type and picture like Abraham, the first of the faith. And Mephibosheth, that's you and I. And David is like Jesus. And how Abraham and the Lord entered into covenant. And those that walk in faith are the children of Abraham. And so in the same way that the Lord or that David showed kindness to Jonathan because he was in covenant with him. So now the Lord who's, who was in covenant with Abraham and all we are told who are in faith are the children of Abraham. And now the Lord is looking out saying, is there anyone else in the household of faith that I can show kindness to? That's what we have in Jesus. That's what we have in Christ. We're allowed now and encouraged now and brought before the king, even in the midst of our crippledness, even in the midst of landing in, living in the land of no pasture, where there's provision is tough, where we've been hiding out from God. We've been hiding things in our heart and our actions. We've got the baggage. We're crippled from the world. And we have this misconception in our mind about the Lord. And the Lord says to us, come and eat at my table all the days of your life. And I'm going to bless you. You've got blessings that you won't even see right now. And that's what David did with Mephibosheth. The lands of Saul and the lands of, of Jonathan will be restored to you. Uh, that which was lost will be restored. And that's the promise of covenant. So today, when you hear all the voices out there crying out and all the voices are, are, are are screaming at you for fear and for, and for confusion and everything else, just lay those aside and draw back to the fact, Hey, no, I'm eating at the King's table. I've been invited to eat here. I have put shame away from me. I'm a Mephibosheth. I have dispelled shame in my life. And, and, in the Lord, we're no longer crippled. In the Lord, we change our mind and our thinking to think like the Lord. We renew our mind, we get rid of the baggage and we get rid of the crippleness of our life before we knew the Lord. And we come into that covenant and we rest. We cease from our own works and we eat at the King's table. We're in fellowship with the King. When he's at the head of the table, we're right there at the table along with others, sons and daughters of the King. We've been grafted in through our faith in the Lord. What a what a wonderful way to 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 see the story of Mephibosheth from 2nd Samuel 9 and 2nd Samuel 4 4 where we're told he became crippled. Let us be no longer crippled in our thinking. Uh, let us lay aside the baggage and let us uh, lay aside the other voices that would cry out to us to be afraid, to be confused, and let us be in peace and say, hey, you know what? I'm eating at the king's table. I'm in fellowship with the king. That is what I'm called to. When you're called to anything, you, according to 2 Corinthians 1.9 uh, or 1 Corinthians 1, nine, what is it? you are called into the fellowship of the Lord Jesus Christ through the Father of our Lord Jesus. What an amazing thing. So be at peace, be at rest, eat from the king's table. Let that be your focus before you go out there and hear all the other voices that are talking at you. All right. Talk to you later. Hope that's been a blessing. Bye-bye.